Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, Smackdown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering NXT TakeOver in your house. So let's get into the ring and let's find out what's going on, shall we? First NXT TakeOver in your house starts out with MSK and Bronson Reed versus Legardo, El Fantasma, and Santos Escobar. Winner takes all. Now, for those of you who don't understand what it means by winner takes all, or you may be kind of confused, basically last week on NXT, they actually, Escobar and Legardo actually challenged Bronson Reed and MSK to a match. The whole thing was, is in this match, they would have to put not only their tag team titles on the line, but also their North American title on the line. Which means whoever wins the match totally gets all three belts. All three. So, this match was really good. Back and forth, you know, Legardo and Escobar were really showcasing their true color, you know, their true Lucha Libre. They were showing, you know, their teamwork was together. They were doing really fantastic. It was a fantastic thing to see because... It's very rare that you get a team like this that can work together so well, but they were doing so good, and you weren't quite sure how MSK and Bronson Reed would work together because they're not used to working together. Legardo and them kind of are, but it was an amazing match. It was an incredible match. Bronson Reed, like I said, we all figured in the beginning he was going to be the X Factor in this whole thing because Bronson, if you guys have not seen Bronson Reed, go look him up online. Go look him up on YouTube. Go look him up on Twitter. Go look him up on Instagram. Go anywhere on social media and look this Australian up. I'm telling you guys, he is a tall drink of water and he's a seriously good competitor in the rank. He's somebody that will be the serious X factor when it comes to the rest of the competitors on Legardo's side. And he really was. He really showcased what he could. But so did MSK. They showed that they really could be a really great tag team. They showed why they're the tag team champs. They proved time and time again, every time they get into this ring, that Legardo can not keep up with them. I'm not saying that Joaquin Wilde and Mendoza are not good. They're fantastic. But you got to put into effect MSK right now, coming from where, you know, being new and being brand new to you know, NXT, they are really showcasing what they can do as a tag team. They're showing people why they're such a good tag team, and they're showing people why they're the NXT tag team champions. Incredible. Bronson Reed, great North American champ. This guy really can show you what he can do. He, you know, for his you know, size and his ability, he moves like a cruiserweight. He is incredible to watch. I love watching Bronson Reed as much as I love watching MSK. On the other side, Escobar, he's sneaky. He's conniving. You're not quite sure what Escobar is going to do. You know, from one second to the next, he could really throw you. He's all about... You know, Lucha Libre. He is the, you know, calls himself the king of Lucha Libre. And he shows it. He proves it when he's in that ring. When you put him with Mendoza and Wild, it's just like incredible to watch. And these two teams were just incredible. Back and forth. Sometimes you thought Legardo had it. Sometimes you thought MSK was going to lose. You weren't quite sure where this was going to go. This match was an incredible match. And guys, if you've not seen it or you've not got the opportunity to see it, Go online and look up MSK and Bronson Reed versus Legardo El Fantasma and Santos Escobar. I promise you guys, you won't be disappointed. It's an incredible match. Escobar, you know, he did really well, you know, very well. You know, 
on a you know anything that he did with Bronson Reed, he kept up with Reed. Reed kept up with him. It was an incredible. But the thing that got him is that Escobar. He got out of the ring while Legardo and them were basically fighting with MSK. We didn't know where Reed was. Bronson Reed just disappeared. I mean, gone. Poof. And come on, guys. This guy is a big competitor, so it's very hard to, to lose, you know, Bronson Reed. But he was, you know, we weren't quite sure. You know, we pretty sure Legardo took him out, but we weren't sure where he was. Escobar walks over to the timekeeper's area where the belts are kept and picks up the NXT North American title. He is glancing at it. He's admiring it. He wants this title so badly that he's willing to do anything to get it. He's holding the title. You know what he's thinking. I'm going to hit these guys with the title with the rough the ref sing so that I can get the win. Well, he wasn't quite counting on Bronson Reed coming out of nowhere, guys. And he put him through the wall. North American title and all went through. I mean, clean through the grate, through the plexiglass, through the wall. He went all the way through. Legardo's, I mean, Legardo doesn't have Escobar. He's out. He, he's out. Great match back and forth. Of course, Bronson Reed and MSK did win that match. It was an incredible match. Guys, I'm telling you, if you want to go see it, go look it up online. I promise you guys, you won't be disappointed. It is an incredible match. Now we move on. Kyle O'Reilly, of course, we see. Of course, we know that there's going to be a Fatal 5-Way on TakeOver for the title. So, we're kind of watching to see, every, you know, the competitors coming in to see when they show up, what's going to happen when they show up. And, of course, Kyle enters. We see him entering the building. Johnny Gargano comes out of nowhere, which here we go again with a breakout fight, NXT in chaos, Regal trying to stop it, it's just, it's, it's gone crazy, it's like Regal has no control over these five competitors, he really doesn't have any control over NXT, and we all know Regal, he's on top of everything, he keeps everything in order, and just in the last couple weeks, it's been utter chaos, we're not quite sure what's going to happen in this Fatal Five way with these two already attacking each other. We can only imagine what's going to happen, you know, when the others enter the building and if they're going to attack each other. So now we have Mercedes Martinez versus Lee. I told you guys, in the very beginning, Mercedes Martinez might have bit off more than she could chew. And I'm going to give you a little background as to why I say this. Her and Lee met each other in 2017 in the Bay Young Classic. Zaya was fresh from Japan. She, you know, she's a great competitor. I'm not saying she isn't, but when you're new and you're coming over to the states, things are a little different. You got to get your feel of the ring. You know, you got to get your wits about you. You got to know everything that you. Know. And when you're going up against somebody like Mercedes Martinez, there's no, I mean, who's already been doing this for so long, there's no guarantee that you're going to be exactly at a hundred percent coming into this fight. And it was a great fight between them in 2017. Of course, Mercedes Martinez did win that fight in 2017 at the Mae Young Classic. Fast forward to 2021. Now, what I'm saying is Mercedes Martinez has changed a little bit. She's changed her game. She's kind of gotten a little bit more dark, a little bit more edgy. But she's facing a whole different Zia Lee. This is a Zia Lee that is in a faction that is so unpredictable you're not quite sure what they're going to do. And Mercedes Martinez I think stepped into this match not prepared. She was prepared for the Zia Lee in 2017. She was not prepared for the Zia Lee in 2021. I said from the beginning, I told you guys she might have bit off more than she could chew. 
She proved me wrong. She did a great job. She kept up with Zaya. Back and forth. You know, Boa's on the outside. You're not quite sure what Boa's going to do. You got Mei Ying up there sitting in her chair. Not quite sure what she always does. She sits in her throne and watches the matches to make sure everything goes according to plan. To make sure that everything works out. So you're not quite sure what she's going to do. And it just get it was a really competitive match back and forth with Mercedes doing really well against 2021's ILA. She tried. She tried everything. But like I told you guys, she bit off more than she could chew. Zaylee beat her this time around. Now they're one and one. We have, could have possibly a rubber match maybe later on down the road. Don't know. But it's what happens afterward that really makes you scratch your head and wonder, where are they going with this with Mercedes Martinez and Zaylee and her little faction? After the match was over and Zaya won, Martinez being, you know, the sore loser and not liking the fact that she didn't get, you know, get one up on Zaya, she goes out and gets a steel chair and starts hitting not only Zaya, but Boa. She's taking them both out with these chairs, just swinging for the fences any way that she possibly can. She starts, she comes up toward this top of the ramp where Mei Ying is sitting. And tells Mei Ying, oh, I'm not scared of you. I can handle you. I can take on anything that you put at me. Mei Ying takes her fingers and puts it. Her, puts her in a dragon claw hold that pretty much renders you know, Mercedes Martinez helpless for a minute. Martinez manages to get out, tries to go at Mei Ying again, and Mei Ying just wipes her out. I mean, wipes Mercedes Martinez out. She goes off the side of the ramp and hits the floor. Interesting to see where this is going. Could we be getting ready to see Mei Ying make her, you know, entering debut? Are we going to get to see what she does? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this is all going to play out involving Mercedes Martinez, Boa, Zaylee, and Mei Ying. Not quite sure, but I do believe Mercedes might have met her match and might be biting off even more than when she can chew dealing with Mei Ying. Don't know. We're going to see. It's going to be an interesting match to see. Champa and Thatcher make their appearance, and they come to talk about their match that they have next week, which is a Tornado tag team match on NXT. Guys, this is going to be an amazing match, because in a, ta in a Tornado tag team match, you, there are no rules. No tag-ins. Everybody's in the ring at one time. You're not quite sure what's going to happen. They're facing the Grizzled Young Vets on NXT on Wednesday night. So, or on Tuesday night. You're not quite sure what's going to happen. But Champa and Thatcher make a perfectly good case that they've got the Grizzled Young Vets. They're tired of them running. And I've told you guys, the Grizzled Young Vets, I love them. I love the Grizzled Young Vets. I really do. These guys are great from NXT UK. But their problem is, is they seem to think that they got cheated out of the tag titles. Guys, anybody who watched Stand and Deliver saw... There was a fair fight between MSK and Grizzled Young Vets. The tag titles no one had at the time because they were vacated by Birch and Lorican. You had a free shot at these titles. You just got bested by MSK. The better tag team won. That's just how it is. You go to the back of the line, you earn your shot. They seem to think that the, the, the MSK cheated or something. I don't know. But Grizzled Young Vets need to sit down and recognize that there are other tag teams like Brizango, Imperium, Champa, and Thatcher. There are other tag teams there 
Legardo El Fantasma, there's a lot of them that deserve a shot at those titles, not just them. There are a lot of tag teams who are out there doing matches every single Tuesday night to make, you know, make them get their spot, get their shot at MSK. Sit down, take your medicine, deal with it. You lost. There's nothing you can do. You can't go back and change change time. You've got to earn your spot. And Tomasa and Thatcher are earning their spots left and right. These boys are showcasing what they can do. They are showcasing that they deserve a shot at MSK. Going to be an interesting match, but it was a great promo to set up the Grizzle Young Vets Tornado Tag Team Match on NXT. It's a great way to do it. Now we come to the million dollar ladder match. LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. Guys, this match, I was not quite sure what was going to happen. I was rooting for Cameron Grimes the whole way because Grimes has worked his butt off to get to this point. He has done jumped through every hoop that Ted DiBiase has given him. He's had this entire thing with Ted DiBiase, and all of a sudden LA Knight puts himself into the storyline, which he had nothing to do with in the first place. To me, it's jealousy. That's what I feel. This match, we all know how loud of matches are. They're grueling. They're long. They're tough. You aren't quite sure which competitor is going to get the upper hand, especially when you're fighting for a title belt. That becomes a whole different storyline. It becomes more competitive than if it's just a regular, you know, ladder match. Ladder matches can be dangerous, and believe me, this one was wild. This one really was, because LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, and guys, I don't like LA Knight. I really don't. You guys may do. You people may love them, and if you do, give me a shout out. Tell me what you think about it. But in my opinion, LA Knight, they're just pushing him too hard. They're pushing him too hard to be this heel that is just, I don't like him. It's, I just don't, there's nothing about him that I like. But he did impress me in the ladder match. He really did showcase what he could do. But Cameron Grimes was two steps ahead of him. It was, I mean, Cameron Grimes is a great competitor. He is a great performer. He does promos like nobody's business. He deserves a title. He He's earned it. He's worked, his, worked hard to get to this position. Back and forth this match was, and it was an incredible match. At one point, Grimes climbed up on top of the fixtures, I mean, all the way to the top and jumped down on L.A. Knight. You weren't quite sure what was going to happen. It was a back and forth match. But, of course, to my shocking surprise, and why didn't I see this coming, coming from NXT, they give the win to none other than L.A. Knight. Pushing him even further to make us hate him even more, and we already do, Cameron Grimes deserved that title. He deserved the chance to shine. To be, you know, a champion. He deserved it. No, you give it to L.A. Knight instead. I don't foresee L.A. Knight having this very long. I don't foresee him going very far with this. I could be completely wrong. NXT could throw me a curveball. But in my opinion, the storyline between L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes is not over yet. And it's going to culminate with them fighting for that title one more time, and Cameron's going to get it. I'm sorry. It's just the, it, it's the way, you know, L.A. Knight can't keep it. He couldn't, you know, he just can't. I don't think he has the potential to be the champ they want him to be. He's not there yet. Does he have the potential to be there later? Does he have the potential to be a champion much later? Yes. It's too early to be giving L.A. Knight something like this. It's way too early. I told you guys, we weren't quite sure. 
And I'm going to be, come on, Kyle and Johnny Gargano had already been fighting as they were entering the building. So I told you the other five, you know, the other competitors, we were going to see confrontations. Had to be. Chaos was already ensuing. Well, guess what? I was right. Pete Dunne and Karrion Cross were fighting in the back. Chaos all over again. Regal trying to stop on the security, trying to hold back Karrion. You can only push Karrion Grind or Karrion, Karrion Cross so far before it gets crazy. He is a monster. And Dunn, same thing. We've all seen Pete Dunn. We know what Pete Dunn can do. Pete Dunn is lethal. This man is seriously, he really is a great entering competitor. We knew these two were eventually going to clash. We knew these two were going to run into each other because they've been, you know, Dunn's been trying to get that title for a while. I told you. Chaos is ensuing in NXT right now, and William Regal can't get control of it. It's just a matter of time before we see the bomb literally blow off and it just go insane. Could it be the Fatal Five Way? Yeah, it could be. It really could be, but we'll have to wait and see. Now we move on to the NXT Women's Championship. Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez, and no surprise, no surprise, who comes out with her? Dakota Kai. Guys, I have told everyone this. I will shout it from the rooftops. If Raquel wants to be a fighting champion, if she really wants to prove that she is a fighting champion in NXT, she needs to handle her matches herself. She does not need Dakota Kai coming out there because it doesn't make her look like a fighting champion. It makes her look like she's relying and depending on Dakota Kai. I'm not saying Dakota Kai isn't a great competitor. Dakota Kai is an fascinating and incredible in-ring competitor. But putting her with Raquel Gonzalez and having her come out and fight Raquel Gonzalez's battles for her does not make Raquel look like a fighting champion. Last time she fought for the title against Io Shirai, Dakota didn't come out. Raquel proved she could do it without Dakota Kai. So why bring Kai in now? Because that's what Raquel does. She hides behind Dakota Kai and doesn't fight her own matches without Dakota. She can't leave her in the back. Which makes Ember have a little bit more of a harder time because it's not just one-on-one. It's two-on-one, pretty much. It's a great match. It really is. Of course, Dakota Kai keeps sticking her nose in it. And the whole time, you're literally sitting there screaming at the ref, throw her out. Out. If it had been anybody else, if it had been Raw, if it had been SmackDown, heck, if it had been AEW, they would have done thrown her out for her getting involved in the match. She wouldn't keep her nose out of it. Dakota Kai kept sticking her nose in, and the ref would see her do it, and the ref would do nothing. Come on. A true referee is going to take so much before finally they're going to get tired and throw the person out. This ref was not doing her job. She was not doing what a true referee should do. One time I could see, okay, you give her a warning. Second time, okay, you might be getting a little, you know, but when you do it three and four times, you're right in front of the referee where the referee sees it. It's time to get her out of there. Well, guess what? Someone else come to solve that problem for you. Here comes the return of Shotzi Blackheart, and she got Dakota Kai out of there quick. Yay, now it's a fair fight between Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon. It's a fair fight. It was an incredible, incredible fight back and forth between the two of them. I mean, Ember Moon shined. Raquel actually showed what she could do without Dakota Kai, because to me, it looked like she was using Dakota as a crutch, as, you know, somebody to help her win. You're a champion. 
You win your own battles. You don't use your friends or use your allies to help you out. I can see if you're in the middle of a match and the ally comes out to help you. You know, you're getting attacked and you need a friend to help you out. But when you're in a match and you're a champion, you need to defend the title yourself. You don't need outside interference to help you get it. If you really truly are a fighting champion, you don't need that. You don't. And it was an incredible match. Several times, I was certain Ember had it. I was certain throughout the entire match after Dakota was taken out of the whole whole match, I was certain Ember could get this. I was certain that Ember could get past Raquel Gonzalez. It was a really good match. I mean, it really was once you took the X factor out of it, the problem out of it, it became a really good match. Back and forth, not quite sure Raquel Gonzalez ends up winning the whole thing. Who did not see that coming? But you have to give the assist and the win truly to Dakota Kai because Dakota Kai was the problem. You have to give it to her. Raquel didn't win it by herself. She won it with Dakota Kai. That's just how it is. I mean, the beginning of the match, you had Dakota everywhere. That's just how it is, guys. But it was a great match. It was an incredible... I mean, I stand by my women's division. (laughs) It was a great match. But in saying that, Raquel wants to continue showing that she's a fighting champion. She needs to leave Dakota Kai in the back, come out and fight her own battles, and prove that she truly is a fighting champion. That, to me, is that's my opinion. I, 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 that's just how I feel about it. NXT announces the Great American Bash will be on July 16th on NXT on USA. Yay! Great American Bash! Love it! Every year, it gets better and better as we go. Going to be interesting to see what they do with Great American Bash. Going to be interesting to see who's going to be going for titles. You know, what kind of matches we're going to get. What are we in store for in a Great American Bash? Excited to see what's going to happen. But like I said, guys, it is July 6th on NXT. So go check it out. Don't miss the Great American Bash on USA on July 6th. Now we move on to the one thing, the thing that I told you guys I was skeptical about because I felt that this particular person had bit off more than he could chew by making, you know, by setting up this match. I'm talking about the NXT Championship Fatal Five Way match involving Johnny Gargano versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunn versus Adam Cole versus Karrion Cross. Not quite sure how this match was going to go because you've got five of the best competitors in NXT right now all biting for a chance to call themselves champion. All going after Karrion Cross, who is the current NXT champion. To me, I think it would have been better if it had been Cole and Karrion because the fight between them, you know, the confrontation they had on NXT prior to this match being set up was a great confrontation it would have built into an incredible match but fatal five way was great too it i mean everybody going after carrion to start with because you got to take carrion because if carrion's out he doesn't have to lose you doesn't have to get pinned doesn't have to get doesn't have to tap out none of that he to lose his title he just doesn't it was an incredible back and forth match. You weren't quite sure which you mean. Pete Dunn showcasing what he could do. Kyle O'Reilly just literally, you know, blowing my mind. Adam Cole doing what Adam Cole always does best, baby. He was doing great, fantastic, really showing why he's the longest reigning NXT champion. Of course, you know, Johnny Gargano being Johnny Takeover really showing. I mean, this match 
was back and forth, not quite sure. I mean, several times Carrion got took out several times. Gargano got took You weren't sure who was going to go out and who was going to win the title. At one point, they were fighting up on the entrance ramp, and Carrion goes through a door that goes to the in-your-house set. Carrion's out. Now you're scratching your head going, oh, great. Now the champion is not even in this. He could lose with these guys fighting. Back and forth, it was an incredible match. It ends with Cole and Kyle being in the ring. Now here we go. We get Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole literally going at it. Kyle's got Cole in a lock that Cole can't get out of. And you're expecting Cole to tap out because this is a seriously bad lock. It is a seriously bad submission that you don't think. Cole's, Cole's in the center of the ring. He can't get to the ropes. There's no way, There's no help in sight. No, no one to break him up. No one to get him out because Pete Dunn's out. Gargano's out. Carrion, we don't know where he is. You're waiting for Cole to tap. I'm thinking, great, Kyle's about to get this. Kyle's about to become the next NXT champion in a fatal five-way mind-blower. He's got him in this lock, and you see Cole. He's getting ready to tap, and out of nowhere, here comes Carrion. Don't know where he came from. Have no idea. It's like he just, poof, out of nowhere, puts Kyle O'Reilly in his submission, and, you know, the uh, cross jacket, and he's literally telling Kyle, let him go, let him go, and he's trying to, I mean, they're both locked down in a submission, not quite sure, finally you see Kyle start to slip, Kyle is slipping, you know what's coming, if Cole taps out before, you know, Kyle slips, who wins the NXT title, you've got three people in the ring, you don't know who's going to win, but eventually Kyle slips enough to where Cole gets out, Kyle literally passes out, ref raises his arm up, it drops, ring the bell, Karrion Cross wins it. It was not an easy win, guys. They put Karrion through a table, they put Karrion through a door. You know, Karrion was not prepared. And I told you guys, I don't think he really knew what he was getting into when he got into this. Because you had some seriously tough competitors. I mean, at one point when he went through the table, Kyle and Cole worked together to put him through that table. It was incredible. It was an incredible matchup. It was an incredible main event. It was one of the best fade of five waves I've seen in a while. Because you had five of the best competitors in there trying to showcase what they could do, all fighting against Carrion to get that title. It was incredible. It was an incredible back and forth matchup. Not quite sure what was going to happen. Not quite sure what was going on. But it was really good match. Like I said, Carrion retained. But it's what happened afterwards that's going to have everybody who's listening right now scratching their head. Normally, we get a little something from Regal or we get a little something from H about how TakeOver went and how impressed they were with it and stuff. Well, we see interviewer catching up with Regal as he's leaving his office. And Regal's really not looking at the camera. Regal's body language is telling us something isn't right. Yeah. We're concerned. We're seriously concerned with Regal's whole demeanor. Regal goes to tell us as he turns around with a tear going down his face that maybe it's time for NXT to have a change. That's got you scratching your head. Is Regal leaving NXT? Are we about to lose after seven years of Regal being the general manager of NXT? Has the chaos finally got to him? Has it finally pushed him over the edge and we're not sure what's going to happen? NXT ends with that. And you're sitting there literally going, 
what just happened? How did we get to this point? How did we get to the point to where there is, could we possibly not have William Regal anymore? Could this be the case? Could we lose Regal altogether? You're scratching your head. It boggles the mind. You're not sure what's going to happen. With that being said, guys, we're, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. It's really going to be interesting to see, you know, in NXT what, what could happen. Could we lose Regal? Don't know. Now, guys, we're going to jump right into that. I'm going to go ahead and jump into NXT and NXT UK because I can't leave you guys in suspense like this. It's just not fair to leave you guys with this kind of a cliffhanger. So, I'm going to start with NXT from 6-15-2021. And we open, guys, with Mr. William Weagle walking out to the ring to give us an answer to the question, is he leaving NXT? He talks about his time in NXT, of course. He does have tears in his eyes. He's talking about how all, all the fans he's gotten to see, all the places he's gotten to go in the seven years that he's ran NXT, everything that he's gotten to do, you know, all the people that have come and gone from NXT, all the superstars that he's brought in, and, you know, he's watched mature and grow and become a better competitor and watched them move on to Raw, watched them move on to SmackDown. Guys, this is pulling at your heartstrings to listen to this conversation because you know where this is leading. Without even a question, you know where this is leading. And he's like, with all the chaos that's been going on as of late, I don't think I can do it anymore. I don't think that I can handle NXT anymore. And just as he's about to announce that he's stepping down from NXT, Karrion Cross comes out. Here's our champion, our glorious champion to make his presence known. He starts running at the mouth, telling him, God, are you crying? Is that really, you know, come on, Regal, just go ahead and say it. I told you you couldn't control NXT. I told you that you had no control of it. Go ahead and step down. Walk away. Get out of here. Go home. You know, go, go, go home. Sip your tea. Relax. Prop your feet up. I've got NXT from here. He just keeps going on and on and on how he's lost control, how... He wants control of NXT. He wants him to say he's leaving. We're all scratching our heads going, oh no. Regal is seriously outnumbered by the Doomsday Sumacita. He's completely and absolutely outnumbered. He's about to announce he's going to leave. And we're literally going, and shut up. Be quiet. Let Regal have his moment because we're about to lose our general manager. When out of nowhere, guys, the miracle of miracles happens. Samoa Joe's music hits the performance center. It hits the performance center. We have not heard Samoa Joe's music in NXT since he left NXT. We're all literally scratching our heads going, Joe's back? Are you serious? Now you guys know Samoa Joe was released not too long ago from WWE. We weren't quite sure what was going to happen to Joe. There was speculation Impact. There was speculation AEW. There was speculation, you know, to Japan. Ring of Honor. No. He shows up in NXT. And he walks down to that ring in style. As Joe always does. He comes in and tells him, Mr. Regal, I believe you wanted to speak to me. And he goes, yeah, I don't want to talk to you right here. I kind of wanted to talk to you in private. The whole time Karrion's staring at Joe going, what the heck are you doing here? You just scat. Shoo, little fly. Shoo. Let me do my own thing here. 
let him step down so that I can, you know, celebrate my victory of him being gone. And basically, Regal tells him, because of his love for NXT, he thinks that NXT needs a new general manager. And he wants to give it to Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe, of course, being from NXT and, you know, being one of the most top competitors they had, he thought Joe would be great for the job. And I agree, Joe would be. But we don't want to lose Regal. Regal's done so much for NXT. We really don't want Regal to go. Of course, Joe declines the offer. Automatically declines the offer without even a second second guess because Joe feels the same way that, you know, us NXT fans do and the superstars in the back do. We can't have NXT without William Regal. It just doesn't work that way. NXT is Regal. Without Regal and H, we have nothing. But he says, look, after seven years, you, he says, you, you brought me here as a performer. And many times I made your life miserable. But I always gave you respect. Where others have not, I always have. There was always respect between you and I. And believe me, guys, if you've not seen some of the things Samoa Joe did to William Regal, you need to go look it up on social media because Joe was a tyrant. He was a tyrant, a tyrant. He made Regal's life miserable. But there was all he was right. There was always respect between the two of them. He never disrespected Regal in any way, unlike Karrion Cross is doing now. And look, I appreciate the offer, but hey, I'm going to make you an offer out of respect. I'm going to make you something that maybe you'll like better than me taking over as general manager. And Regal's like, okay, what is it? He goes, how about I be with you, kind of like an enforcer, a backup person in case you, you know, chaos ensues in NXT and you need a little help that I can, you know, help you out. Kind of like what Sonya Deville does on Raw and SmackDown. Kind of that little, you know, with Adam Pearce, that little middle ground, that other person that can help you, you know, figure out the decisions, help you, you know, pick up matches, help you make the decisions, you know, as a, you know, as a team instead of you doing it by yourself. Regal loves the idea. He absolutely loves it. Having that backup and that support will help him when it comes to other competitors like Karrion Cross and some of the others that are really giving him a hard, Adam Cole, giving him a hard time. He likes the idea. He says, but there are some regulations that I have for you doing this, Joe. Some simple regulations that I need you to follow. One, you cannot compete whatsoever. You can never get in that ring and compete. Two, no hands on any of the NXT roster unless you're provoked. If you're provoked, that's different. You can put your hands on them, put them down, and get them to understand where you stand. And he's like, look, Basically, guys, we have an NXT enforcer now. Someone that's going to back up Regal to keep the you know, keep the chaos down. Karrion doesn't like it. He does not like Joe being there. And Joe looks square at him and goes, Why are you still in the ring? Go to the back. Shoo. Yep. He walks off. Not happy. You can tell Karrion and Scarlett are not happy with this new arrangement with Joe and Regal. Me, on the other hand, I'm ecstatic to see what Joe is going to do in NXT. What he's going to bring to the table and how he's going to help Regal keep the chaos and stuff down. Because believe me, you don't want to cross Samoa Joe on a bad day. You really don't. You don't want to deal with someone like Joe because he is, you know, he can put you down. He knows how. 
Great way, great way to set up, great way to bring Samoa Joe back. I was happy to see Joe return this way. It made me happy to see, because now him and Regal will get to, you know, keep things under control, keep everybody cool, and plus he can keep an eye on all those superstars that seem to be causing so much problems, including Karrion Cross. and maybe, just maybe, these superstars will start to learn to respect Regal a little bit more with Joe being there. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Now we move on to Imperium versus Breezango. Guys, this match was an incredible match. I mean, you, we all know how Breezango are. They work great together. Tyler Breeze, Fandango, they're great. Then you got Bartel and Eichner, fantastic. This match was an incredible tag team match. Heck of a way to finish, you know, start off NXT after everything involving Regal. It was a great match. Of course, Breezango did win that match. After the match, of course, Imperium's not happy with the loss. They're not happy with it at all. And they pretty much destroy Tyler Breeze. I mean, just wipe him out. Once they're done, they walk over there and a sign of disrespect, take their Imperium banner and put it over Tyler Breeze in the middle of the ring. This is going to be interesting that they're setting up this feud between Tyler Breeze and Imperium and Fandango. It's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens with Breezango and Imperium and how far this thing is going to go. Because like I told you guys, there are other people, other tag teams in the division right now that would love to have a shot at MSK. And this is a great prime example of two tag teams that would love to get their hands on MSK. It's a great example. Wonderful example. Perfect example. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. Can't wait to see what NXT is going to do next. Again, guys, chaos ensues on NXT. Even with Samoa Joe there, chaos is still going on. There's no stopping it. There's nothing to get it to calm down. And it breaks out between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Who did not see that one coming after the Fatal Five-Way? Who did not see Cole losing his temper and going off the charts? It's a nasty little fight with Regal trying to break it up. Security trying to break it up. Regal goes, look, 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 look. Both of you need to pick an opponent for next week on NXT. Both of you that you will face, face in NXT next week. Cole just wants his hands on Kyle. So basically he goes, look, look, I'll create an unsanctioned match at the Great American Bash for Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Unsanctioned. Here we go again with another unsanctioned match. Do we guys not remember last time what happened in an unsanctioned match? They tore each other apart. They put each other through the ringer. We can only imagine what Kyle and them were going to do. Well, they started fighting again. They're fighting like crazy, you know, just trying to get each other. So, you know, Joe gets between them to break them up, just to get them to break up and calm down. Cole ain't having that. Now, remember what I told you guys. One of the conditions, one of the stipulations of Joe working with Regal was he wasn't supposed to lay a hand on any of the roster unless he was provoked. Well, guess what? Cole puts his hands on Joe. Shoves him out of the way, goes back at Kyle. Joel's standing there, he goes, well, I he got that look of, well, I consider that being provoked. Dusts his little jacket off, dusts his shirt up, pulls that jacket off. Coquita clutch. Puts the Coquita clutch on Cole from behind. Cole doesn't even see it coming. Cole literally just passes out because he touched Joe, provoked, he Coquita clutches him. Once he's done, he basically looks at the uh, security and everybody goes, when he wakes up, Regal expects his answer on who his opponent's going to be next week. 
walks off. I told you guys, this is looking good. Business is picking up with Joe being there because ain't nobody. I mean, if he Coquita clutches cold, there's no telling who else he's going to Coquita clutch if they make him mad. There's no telling who else he's going to take out if they make him mad. Chaos is starting to look like it might calm down with Joe there. Looking good. The prospect's looking good. So then we move on to Trey Baxter versus Koshida for the Cruiserweight Championship. Trey's new to, you know, the NXT roster. So it's going to be interesting. To I like when they do this. I like when they bring in, you know, up-and-coming superstars that could really actually succeed in NXT and they get a shot at something, someone like Koshida. I like that. That's what I like about NXT. As they're giving them opportunity, you know, these other people opportunities that most places wouldn't. That you, you get to fight somebody. It's not just some no-name person that you don't know. It's really an actual, really, you know, really good fight. And this fight really was. When in the middle of the fight, Kyle O'Reilly walks out to the entrance ramp and he's standing there watching the match with some serious interest. You know, watching Koshida, watching Trey Baxter. Trying to get a feel of what might, you know, because you know, you know, remember, guys, he was told him and Cole had to come up with an opponent to face next week on NXT. So he's watching it with some interest. He's watching them both, and they're both showcasing to Kyle and to the rest of the world just how good they are. Trey Baxter is really showing what he can do, guys. He is showcasing what he's capable of. This guy has the potential to be up and coming new NXT superstar. He has the potential to possibly go on for North American title, possibly NXT title, possibly get a tag team partner and become part of the tag titles. He really showcases what he can do and he gives Koshida a run for his money. Of course, Koshida does win that match, but it wasn't an easy match. It was a great performance by Trey Baxter. Koshida shows respect. Baxter shows respect in return. I like when the I like when the competitors do this. It's it's a great sign of hey, I, you gave me a run for my money. I gave you a run for yours. We had a great match. See each other down the road sometime. Kyle comes up, walks into the ring very calmly as Kyle O'Reilly always does, and tells Kushida when he steps up to him, "I want to face you next week. You're who I want to face. You're the opponent that I choose to face next week." So now we're going to have Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. This could be a very interesting matchup, guys. This could be something really grand and really exciting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Kushida and Kyle. Because it's going to be a really good matchup. You've got two really good competitors going at each other. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be an exciting match. It really is. Well, of course, we see Frankie Monet. Saying that her debut was just fabulous and perfect. And she just can't wait to showcase what else she can do. Guys, I've told you about Frankie Monet. If they let Frankie be Frankie and let her show what she can do like she used to do in Impact. I promise you guys, you're going to see a performance that's incredible. The problem is, is they're watering her down. And I don't like that. I don't like when someone comes from, you know... Another company and comes to NXT, comes to WWE as a whole, and they water the character down. They don't let them be the destructive, dominating force that they were in a previous company. It, to me, it doesn't. It doesn't impress me. It doesn't show. When I know what they can do prior to coming into WWE and see them now in WWE. I'm like, you're holding them back. You're not letting them show what they can do. And guys, Frankie Monet could be a possible, I mean, possible threat to Raquel Gonzalez. She could be a possible threat to Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. She could be a serious threat to every woman in that division right now 
if they stop watering her down and let her do what she's capable of doing. For those of us who knew her as Valkyrie and Impact, we know what she can do. We know what she's capable of. You guys are going to have to give her a little bit more credit than what you're giving her and let her showcase what she can do. But of course, she tells them that she's going to have an encore performance next week. She starts talking also about the Robert Stone brand and how the two girls in Robert Stone brand are getting held back. That he's, you know, lying to him, you know, blah, 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 blah. She lies to Robert Stone when he comes up to talk to the girl, to Leah and her dating partner. Frankie Monet being Frankie Monet. Like I said, they need to let her show what she can do and stop watering her down. I have a big problem with that. That's just how I feel. Now we move on to Mercedes Martinez, and she's watching what happened at TakeOver. She's sitting in the back, watching it on the screen, seeing what happened. She basically, after she's done, says she's the wrong woman to mess with. We all know how dangerous Mercedes Martinez can be. And how basically she makes a threat to the entire, to Zaylee's entire faction, including me Ying. Not a good idea, Mercedes. You saw what happened at TakeOver. You saw what Mei Ying is capable of doing. This girl could do some serious damage to any woman in the division right now if provoked. And you're provoking her. You're provoking the Viper, and that's a dangerous thing to do. And I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I really am. But we all know Mercedes Martinez is pretty tough. So it's going to be interesting to see how this falls with her and Zia Lee and Mei Ying. going to be interesting to see what happens. I really am, but it's going to be interesting. Ted DiBiase comes out to do the coronation of L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight comes in and starts talking about how he was his hero and na-na-na-na. Just running at the mouth, typical L.A. Knight. Expecting it. Everybody in the, literally in the performance center is chanting for Cameron Grimes because we all feel Cameron Grimes deserved that title before L.A. Knight. I believe L.A. Knight is a great competitor, but they're jumping on, he's so good, he's so great, way too soon. They're not real, he's not prepared for this, he's not ready, he's not even been in NXT long enough to be able to say he's a good competitor, because there's other competitors like Bronson Reed and them that he's not faced yet. Santos Escobar, not fake. Karrion Cross, definitely not. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, the list goes on and on as to the people LA Knight's not faced yet. LA Knight's just facing, you know, typical people that you 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 would think that would be able to beat Camel Grimes especially. Everyone knows Camel Grimes could beat him, no problem. But of course he's running at the mouth about all this stuff and to me it seems genuine when he's talking about how when he was a kid he used to watch the million dollar man on his TV and it's genuine. It's seriously genuine stuff. And you're thinking, okay, L.A. Knight has a soft side. We're starting to see a soft side of L.A. Knight. And I kind of like that they're letting him do this show with soft side. But then the soft side goes from being soft to heel. Belt goes around him. What does he do? He turns around and hits Ted DiBiase. A legend, guys. A veteran in WWE. Another sign of disrespect to veterans. I've said this, guys. I'm not going to go into it again. You all know how what I've been saying about veterans, and it's really making me mad that WWE is going to this length with veterans. But he hits Ted DiBiase. Out comes Cameron Grimes to defend Ted DiBiase. Thank you, Cameron. By time, a little respect was given to those that paved the way for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he basically is telling him, I'm coming after you. 
Whether you like it or not, L.A. Knight, you and I are going to have a confrontation again. This isn't over between the two of us. It's far from over. Looking forward to seeing what NXT Creative is going to come up with. Looking forward to seeing, you know, if it's going to be a fight for that title that's around his waist. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited about Like I told you, I'm excited about the Cameron Grimes L.A. Knight thing. Looking forward to it. So we get Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Casey Catanzara and uh, Caden Carter. This match was a pretty good match. At the beginning, when it first came out, I thought, okay, squash match. Definitely squash match because we all know how Dakota Kai and Raquel are. They're very lethal. They're deadly. They're dangerous. Figured, you know, squash match right off the bat. Mm -mm. This was a good match. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro gave Raquel and Dakota a run for their money. They proved that they are not easy to beat. They're not easy to take on. They're not easy to, you know, to defeat. They gave them a run for their money, and it was a great women's division match. I really liked it. It was incredible to see what Kate Carter and Casey could do. It was incredible. They really put Dakota and Raquel through the ringer, and I really thought, okay, this is this could this could turn out to be a seriously upsetting match. Of course, I was wrong. Raquel and Dakota did win that match, but like I told you guys, it was not an easy match. It was not an easy win for the girls. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro really showcased what they could do and proved that they deserved to be you know, in the picture for the women's tie, you know, tag titles. They proved it. They proved it without a shadow of a doubt. Now, I told you guys, last week on NXT, Io Shirai made her return with Poppy. It was exciting to see where they were going to go with Io. You know, she attacked Candice LeRae. I thought, all right, we're going to get, you know, the storyline with Candice LeRae and Io picked back up because it never really got finished because Io went for the title. We weren't really quite sure what was going to happen. Well, EO is in the ring. And she basically is saying who her next opponent is going to be. She wants to face, and she's about to say it, when Candice LeRae comes out and interrupts what EO's trying to say. Typical Candice LeRae. We expected this from the Poison Pixie. She doesn't like being bested by EO. She doesn't like being shown up by EO. And she comes out and starts running her mouth at EO Shirai. Here we go. All right. Now the confrontation between EO, this whole storyline with EO and Candace can pick up right where it left off and we can get this fight going and it's going to be a really good story. She, you know, talks about how she, you know, she's earned so many opportunities since EO. I mean, come on, she's NXT tag, tag team champion. You know, she she's running the mouth as Candace always does. We know that's how Candace is. Indy Hartwell attacks Candace out of no. I got attacks. EO out of nowhere with Candace's help. It's a back of, I mean, literally a two-on-one against EO Shirai. You're literally thinking, oh, come on. Somebody's going to come out and help her. Anybody, anybody. She's outnumbered. First, EO's doing really good. She's taking Candace. She's taking Indy. She's doing great. But then she gets outnumbered. Who comes out of nowhere but Miss Opportunity herself who looks for any opportunity she can get? Doesn't sit in the back and wait for an opportunity to fall into her lap. She makes them happen. I'm talking about Zoe Starks. She comes out and pretty much evens the playing field between Candice LeRae and Andy Hartwell and Io Shirai. She stands at Shirai's side and makes it perfectly clear. You want to get to Io? You got to come through me. Let's go. Candice and Andy step out. Eo and Zoe are taunting. I'm going, come on, come down here. Let's fight. Let's do this now. We ain't done yet. I like this. I like them putting Zoe with Eo because it's going to be an interesting little tag team. 
Could we see them go for the tag belts against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell? Yes, we could. And it could be a really good match between these two. Heck of a way to end the feud between Candice LeRae and Io with that kind of a match. And a heck of an opportunity for Zoe Starks. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like I told you, Zoe's all about making her own opportunities. She isn't like everyone else that sits in the back and waits for something to drop into her lap. No, she goes out there, brings the fight, and gets the opportunity that she thinks she deserves. I like this. I like this motivation. I like that's how every woman in the division should be. Don't sit around and wait for someone to drop an opportunity in your lap. Go out there and make them happen yourself. Make your presence known. Let people know, hey, I want this. This is what I'm after, and I'm going to fight to get it. I like it. Impressive. Of course, we get the main event, guys. The big main event that I talked to you all about. The Tag Team Tornado match involving Tommaso Ciampa, Thatcher, and the Grizzled Young Veterans. This was an incredible, incredible main event. If you've not seen it, go look it up online. I promise you guys, you will see a match that is just absolutely incredible. Like I said, in a Tornado Tag Team match, there are no tag-ins. It's every team for themselves. All you know, Both teams are in there fighting each other all at once. Champ and Thatcher brought the fight. Grizzled Young Veterans brought the fight. You weren't quite sure what was going to happen. It was a back and forth battle between the two of them. Not sure. Whole time you're rooting sometimes for the Grizzled Young Vets. Sometimes you're going, come on, Champa, Come on, Thatcher. Put them in their place. It became a very interesting match. One that really MSK was watching. They were focusing on it. They were, you know, watching this to see, hmm, could we get you know, a new possible competitor for our belts in this match. It was a great matchup. It was incredible. It ended, of course, with Thatcher and Champa getting the win. Could we see, after this fight, MSK versus Thatcher and Champa? This could be a very interesting matchup if NXT goes that route. Could we see Thatcher and Champa get those tag belts? We could. It could be an interesting matchup. It's going to be interesting to see what NXT does with this as a whole. Because like I told you, MSK was watching the match. Just, you know, watching the competitors, looking, you know, scouting for their next opponents. Thatcher and Champa won that match. Could they think, ooh, we, maybe we should give Thatcher and Champa a shot of these titles. Let them have a run at it. I think Thatcher and Champa deserve a shot at it. I, I, I believe they do. I think that they would be great tag team champions. It'll be interesting to see. After the match, of course, we see Regal, and he's talking, and, you know, he's talking about everything and how people are disrespecting him, and, you know, da-da-da-da. And Joe and him are having a little conversation, and basically he tells Joe, of course, you know, everything that's going on, he's glad he's not leaving, and da-da-da-da, and he's like, well, this is a great night one, and Joe goes, yeah, many great more nights to come. They get in the limo together and leave together. Interested to see what is going to happen with show. Very interesting to see. Of course, we had several confrontations that night with Joe, including Pete Dunne. Johnny Gargano running his mouth, and of course, Regal under his breath did whisper to Johnny to, to Joe, if he does that again, that one's a freebie. 
Yeah, we we're seeing this interesting little you know connection between Regal and Joe, and it's an interesting little connection. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. NXT's looking brighter with Joe in it. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited to see how this is going to work as a whole because we all know on Raw and SmackDown, Pierce and Sonya Deville can make some seriously great matchups. So I can only imagine what Joe and Regal are going to do over here in NXT. It's going to be an incredible setup. It's going to be really interesting. Now we move on to NXT UK for 6-17-2021. Of course, we have the recap of the Women's Championship match from last week. That, guys, if you've not seen that match between Kylie Ray and Mako Satomura, I tell you guys, go watch that match. That is an incredible women's division match. These two competitors showcased what they could do, and it was an incredible matchup. Go on your social media and look it up. I promise you guys, you will not be disappointed. You will be impressed with how these two girls work together as you know against each other. How well they were. Mako, of course, won that tie, won the title. Interested to see what she's going to do with the division. Interested to see who's going to face her next. It's an incredible match. If you've not seen it, go look at it. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Go watch it. Now we move on to Wolfgang from Gillis versus Sam Gradwell. I told you guys last week, Gradwell kind of walked in on Gillis talking to you know the assistant GM. And they weren't too happy, so they requested a fight with Gradwell. Wolfgang did a great job. Wolfgang was incredible. You know, he was incredible. Sam come out and told him basically, you know, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? You know, my house is afraid of bricks. You're not going to be able to blow me down. It was a great matchup. Incredible matchup between these two. Really great match. If you've not seen it, go look it up. Wolfgang versus Sam Gradwell. It's a great match. Wolfgang won that match. But it was not an easy win for Wolfgang. Not easy at all. Not, but it was a great match, guys. It was a really, really good match. Gradwell really gave Wolfgang a run for his money, and vice versa. Like it. I like the match. Subcultures in the back, and of course, they're getting ready for Joseph Connors versus Jenny. And, you know, subculture, you know, getting ready, prepared. And of course, Jenny and Joseph Connors come up and start running at the mouth about how upper class is always better than lower class. And they're just going to, well, then who walks in? But the NXT UK Tag Team Champions pretty deadly. And they kind of get involved in the conversation. And let it be known that when Subculture has their match tonight against Jenny and Connors, they're going to be a commentary to kind of watch to see how this will work out. If you've not seen Pretty Deadly, guys, you need to see these guys. They are incredible. I love them. They're great as a tag team. They're great as champs. They're great in the ring. They do killer you know, promos. They are fantastic. Go look them up. That's Pretty Deadly. They are amazing. But, of course, they let us know that they're going to be on commentary tonight. So, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in that match. Of course, we get Danny Jones versus Kenny Williams. Guys, I've told you guys how I feel about Kenny Williams. After what he did to Amir Jordan, I have no respect for him. None whatsoever. Not saying that he isn't a great in-ring competitor. He is. But after what he did to Amir Jordan, I just don't really have much respect for him at all. 
Danny Jones, incredible competitor. Incredible. He really, you know, any match he's in, he really showcases what he can do. He shines in the ring when he's in it. And he really did give Kenny Williams a run for his money. Kenny Williams, of course, did win that match. Not impressed with it. Not happy with it. I'm hoping and praying that Amir Jordan comes back and takes Kenny Williams out for his, you know, his troubles. Don't know what's going to happen. Waiting to see exactly what NXT UK is going to do with the Kenny Williams situation. Interested to see. Of course, next week we're told there's going to be a triple threat match between Rampage Brown, Dragunov, and Joe Coffey. And they're having a little roundtable discussion about, you know, respect and how they're all three great competitors and how they're all, you know, great in their own right. This match is going to be an interesting match because you've got three big behemoths going at it in a triple threat match. I normally don't like triple threat matches because it doesn't favor well for all the competitors involved in it. This one, I'm interested to see because this one, there's really not a title involved. It's just proving who's the better wrestler. And, I mean, Dragunov, great in his own right. Rampage Brown, fantastic. Joe Coffey, excellent. Interested to see where this is going to go. Interested to see where this is going, how this is going, how this is going to happen. Don't forget, guys, triple threat match. It's going to be interesting. You won't, don't want to miss out. Excuse me, guys. I'll be right back. And now I'm, uh, we're going to go ahead and go into Super Nova, Super Nova Sessions with Noam Dar. Of course, Noam Dar's <coughs> guest was Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin and Noam Dar kind of give each other a hug, which is a very interesting little thing because they are friends. They, you know, they get along really well. And, of course, Dar starts kissing up and talking about his new shirt and uh, how much Jordan, how he's so happy to see Jordan there and starts just going on and on, just basically kissing up, gives Jordan Devlin a new shirt, his new shirt. They just keep talking back and forth. It's a, seriously, a kiss-up. A kiss-up session is pretty much what it is with doing Dar and Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin, of course, also kept bad mouths, you know, NXT, as usual. And, you know, this Jordan Devlin. Who doesn't expect the Irish Ace to be a little bit crazy and a little bit insane? He basically asked him about his losing his Cruiserweight Championship to Santos Escobar. And Dar calls Santos Escobar Santa Claus, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, Dar is. He's a little silly. He's a little crazy. It was kind of funny. And, of course, he doesn't pick a, you know, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance, Jordan Devlin, to give us the Supernova exclusive. And, of course, Jordan Devlin gets up and says, okay, I just want you guys to know I'm back in NXT UK. And I'm willing to take on anybody in the UK roster. Anybody that wants to take on the Irish Ace, let's go for it. I love this little thing. Of course, I was expecting a little bit of a confrontation between Dara and... Devlin, but there wasn't, you know, it was a little show of friendship, a little show of companionship, you know, <coughs> I kind of like that a little bit, I like that feeling, I think it's going to be interesting, of course, we also find out that next week, Teeman will be facing Carter, we know what's been going on with Teeman, and how he's been picking on Carter, and how Carter, you know, is not, you know, a friend with his tag team partner, and all this, so it's going to be interesting to see where that match goes, and what's going to happen, David Mastiff. He's back there talking to Jack, you know, Jack Starr and Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate is basically teaching Jack Starr how to, uh, you know, different moves and things like that. And, you know, they're having a really good session while David Mastiff is watching. And David tells, you know, David's standing there and he's watching him. And he's telling you know, and Starr how good he is. And, you know, Tyler Bate's talking to him. And Tyler Bate offers him a Heritage Cup championship match. 
This is a big thing for Star because Star has worked really hard in NXT UK to get to where he is now, and the opportunity to get face to get to face Tyler Bate for the Heritage Cup is a big thing. So you wonder, is Jack Star going to give a you know what's he going to say? And of course, Jack Star tells him no. He turns it down, and Tyler tells him, well, if you ever change your mind, if you ever feel like you know you feel like you want to try it, we, you know, we'll give it a match, and we'll see what happens, and we'll see where you go, because I think you have the potential to be a great champion. I see it in you. You're good. I you know, yeah. Shine of respect between Tyler Bate and Jack Starr. I like that little respect. Dave Mastiff, of course, comes up to him and tells him, look, man, how could you turn that down? Don't turn down an opportunity like this. Opportunities only come every now and then in NXT UK. And when someone like Tyler Bate gives you an opportunity at a title, you take it. Even if you don't win it, you take it. Interesting to see what's going to happen with Jack Starr and Tyler Bate. Could we eventually see a Heritage Cup Championship match? Possibly. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. This is boggling my mind as to what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on. Of course, we get Nathan Frazier versus Rojo Raja. This is an interesting match because Nathan Frazier has been on fire in NXT UK right now. Been literally on fire. And this match, you know, we all know what happened to Rohan. Rohan got hurt during with Teeman. Teeman, you know, with that choke thing hit his arm. Well, Rohan's come back a little early. So you're not quite, you know, when you come back, there's a little bit of ring rust. You're not quite sure, you know, is your arm going to, you know, your arm going to hold or your leg going to hold or you, what is, you, is the injury going to, you know, withstand another injury? It was an incredible match between him and Nathan Frazier. It was a great matchup. Incredible to see these two competitors, you know, doing what they do best. Of course, Nathan Frazier did win that. It was a great match. It really was. And there was a shine of respect between Frazier and Rohan. Of course, Teeman's music kicked, and you're immediately thinking, get out of the ring. Teeman's eyes up there, you know there's a problem. Teeman never come out. Is he trying to taunt Rohan? Is he trying to freak him out? Is he trying to freak out Nathan Frazier? Don't know where this is going with him. Not quite sure what Teeman's thinking in his mind. It's going to be interesting to see what he's going to do next. Not quite sure what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. Jordan, Jordan Devlin is walking to his locker room after having his nice little you know, supernova sessions. A very nice little thing. And he walks in to find A-Kid in his locker room. He basically tells Jordan, you know, I'm here. I'm enjoying some coffee. I didn't know this was your locker room. I'm so, so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to bother you. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the Irish Ace is trying to get him out of his locker room. Irish Ace is getting mad. He's getting furious. And uh, so, as he's leaving, Jordan Devlin starts, you know, he goes, oh, well, you lost the, you know, the Heritage Cup Championship. You know, he's picking on Aiken. Aiken's going right back at him. When Jordan Devlin's leaving, Jordan Devlin hollers for the assist, for the assistant GM Sid, because apparently I'm assuming Jordan Devlin's wanting a match with A Kid. Not quite sure. Doesn't really go into it. Could we see a match next week between A Kid and the Irish Ace? Possible. Not sure. Not really sure how this is going to play out. Then we get the main event: Joseph Connors and Jenny versus Danny Luna and Flash Morgan Webster with Pretty Deadly on commentary. 
pretty deadly or incredible when they're on commentary. They're not just good in the ring. They're good on commentary. They will go right back at you. And, of course, they're picking on, you know, Morgan Webster and them when they had the titles and how that was in a very long reign. They're doing their usual pick, pick, pick at a team. You know, they're picking on Joseph Connors and Jenny. They're going at Danny Luna. The match itself is an incredible matchup between these two because this feud has been going on for a while. Subculture kind of wants to end it. Joseph Connors and Jenny just want to keep going with it. It's an incredible matchup, an incredible match, culminating with the ending with Subculture's Danny Luna and Flash Morgan Webster winning that match. Of course, Pretty Deadly still running their mouth on commentary, as they always do, which makes Pretty Deadly so good, so great. Mark Andrews comes out and he celebrates with them. They're mocking Pretty Deadly, and at the same time, Subculture's, you know, getting mocked at by Pretty Deadly, and it's a back-and-forth feud. Are we seeing a possibility of Pretty Deadly versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster? Could we see this? Could these two go at it for the tag titles? It remains to be seen what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see how this happens or what goes on with this. Or is Jenny and Joseph going to continue going after subculture? We don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Now, guys, I want to thank you all so much for listening. Because without you, there would be no there would be no in the ring with Brandy. And I appreciate, you know, the comments you guys are shooting to me. I pre- you know, Like I told you guys, you want to talk about anything involving wrestling. It does not have to be WWE. It doesn't have to be AEW. It, doesn't, it could be anything on a global scale. It doesn't matter. I would love to hear your opinions. Love to hear what you have to say. So, follow me on my social media, on my Facebook. You know, give me a shout out there or give me a shout out at my Twitter at Wrestling Nights, Nights Ending with a Z, or on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Tell me what you guys think. Give me your opinions. You know, I love to hear it. You know, we can talk back and forth. Whatever you guys feel like talking about, we can talk about it. I'm excited to hear y'all's comments. I'm excited to hear y'all's opinions on things because you guys are my, you, you guys are the reason that I'm doing this. I mean, you guys are passionate for wrestling as much as I am, so I appreciate it. So, uh, like I said, follow me on any of my social media that I just gave you. Give me a shout out. Tell me what you think. I'm willing to hear your opinions. And I want to thank you guys again for listening. And without you, there would be no me. I appreciate it. And I guess we'll see you guys next time with more wrestling action. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a good night.